0: And now, live, it's time. Which team, by colors alone, is identifiable around the world? It's time for the JT The Brick Show. Which team, by slogan, commitment to excellence? On Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Just win, baby. All those things are the Raiders. Here's your host, JT The Brick. Out
1: of the gate, JT, as we begin the aftermath after the Kansas City loss. In studio today with Bobby as we get rolling for the next two hours on Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. in the Raiders mobile app. Brought to you by our great friends at Golden Entertainment as they own the Strat. And there's a lot happening at the Strat and Arizona Charlies throughout the holiday season. We recommend you go to P.T.'s, Sierra Gold, Sean Patrick's, the SG Bar, and have a great time. Maybe your holiday party, depending on what your company is doing. Maybe a holiday get-together with your friends. Their doors are open for you. Best happy hour in town, 5 to 7, midnight to 2. Great place for a company get-together during happy hour 5 to 7 here, as always, as we get going today. This will be interesting. This is one of the most difficult games, post-games, yesterday and Mondays that I've ever done in my 23-year career with the Raiders. And I didn't expect it. A lot of people didn't expect the Raiders to win the game. They weren't going to win in Kansas City, but the way they lost. And now the Raiders are under a magnifying glass again for the whole world to see. So it comes down from my perspective. Now that everybody's piling on, it's an invitation for the national media and for fans that don't like the Raiders around the world to pile on here. And unfortunately, there's a bunch of Raider fans piling on. But Raider fans have the right. This is their team. This is your team. This is your flagship station. And I'm well aware, well aware of how you're feeling today. As I anchored yesterday from the M Resort Spawn Casino and talked to a lot of Raider fans A lot of loyal Raider fans who showed up and those who stayed to the actual end of the game. And I was up, didn't sleep much last night, up this morning talking to people in the Raider Nation. And I got a pretty good understanding of how you're feeling. As a matter of fact, I know how you're feeling. And it's very difficult today because the Raiders are in a position right now where a great season has slipped away. And it's very unfortunate. And they'll write books about it. They'll talk about it. There'll be a documentary about it. There'll be a 30 for 30 about it. NFL Network will do a roundtable on it at the end of the year and years to come. And we all know how it's going to look. It's not going to shine a positive light on your team, the Las Vegas Raiders, formerly the Oakland Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders, and this global fan base. And that is hard especially for the people that want to protect the shield and they want the shield to flourish now and going forward. This was a season that started off 3 and 0. 3 and 0 and the playoffs were clearly a goal. That wasn't a dream at 3 and 0. That was a reality for the Raiders at 3 and 0 just to win 7 of the next 14 games and go to the playoffs. Then we know what happened next. There are a lot of people that I talked to recently that are still going nuts about the Gruden emails and the league going after the Raiders and how that affected the season. The Henry Ruggs situation, we've talked about that at length. And, again, we've talked about that. We know the effect that that has mentally on the team and mentally on the players. But overall, you know, the Raiders were sitting at one point at 5-2 and two with the whole season in front of them with a pretty good coaching staff Good players, Pro Bowl players, and an opportunity to define their destiny this year. And it's kind of unraveled. So it's unraveled at this point. We all know that. I'm not looking to do Captain Obvious Radio for the next week. I got a job to do, and I do my best work under these circumstances. So I know that I got to put my head down and grind through this and do what I think I do best putting Raider fans on the radio, interviewing the insiders, the players, and talk about what's happening and what's in front of the Raiders. So today's a tough day to talk about what's in front of the team. I'm aware of that, but that's my job, and I'm damn good at it, and I can tell you what lies ahead for this team. But what concerns me about this team right now is what's going to happen going forward because a lot of people are expecting the Raiders to go into the tank and not come out of it. And I don't know how you can sit there and debate the other side. Unless you're a Raider fan. Or unless you want this Raider team to pull out of this slide. And have an opportunity to do something. You beat the Browns. You're 7-7 seven and seven and you're ahead of the Browns. The team was built to be better than the Browns. If you don't agree with that, then you don't know the team. The team was built to be better than the Browns this year. And they were better than the Browns out of the gate. And in a few short months... Because of the situation that they're in, uh, looks like the playoffs are clearly out, and now they could play spoiler or might not win a game, right? So there's a whole bunch of ways to look at this, but a win coming up, which we're not going to talk much about today, but I will get that train leaving the station at some point if I got to pull it myself out of the station. A win against the Browns gets the Raiders to 7-7, and and they're ahead of the Browns. They're ahead of the Browns in the playoffs, and if the Bills lose, they're tied with the Buffalo Bills, a Super Bowl contender, Cincinnati, and if Kansas City beats the Chargers, the Raiders are one game back of the Chargers, and they get the Chargers at home. So I don't think they're good enough now to win those games. I don't think you think they're good enough now to win those games, Unless something really unique happens within the walls of the organization, the football side, and Henderson. Unless they come together at a level that most people don't expect and they pull out of this. And fortunately, they have really good players that could lead the charge. That would be Max Crosby. He could do that. He's the leader of the defense. The undisputed leader. If they get Darren Waller back healthy, he's that type of guy, nominated for the Walter Payton Award, NFL Man of the Year. How about Hunter Renfro? You think he knows how to win at Clemson and is playing his ass off now? There are enough people and coaches in that locker room that can rally this team, but they're playing so badly, they're not even playing badly. They're beyond bad. They're awful right now. They're non-competitive on the football field because they played a game against a rival that meant so much and they never showed up. Man, how do you not show up in Kansas City? As I talked to a Raider alumni who told me, it's the one thing we take pride in, beating Kansas City. Going back to uh, Ben Davidson knocking Lenny Dawson's ass to the ground. Fred Bolitnikoff's greatest games, arguably against Kansas City. Cliff Branch. Matt Millen, go through the list of the snake. Rich Gannon, when he left Kansas City and came to the Raiders. Sebastian Janikowski. Shane Leckler. Tim Brown. The rivalry meant everything to him, And those guys, Phil Villapiano, are hurting today. Because this is their DNA. This is their blood. They poured blood and sweat on the field in Arrowhead. And most of them were disgusted by the performance yesterday and can't believe it. So that's very disturbing and very concerning. But the Raiders have a job and the players have a job. The coaches have a job that they must do because they're getting paid to do their job and their job is to play football and put a game plan together, coach and play, and win football games. So this is a team that went from first place in the division to last place in the division. It feels like this season's been two seasons instead of not even a completed one season. But the Raiders have got to pick themselves up and find a way to gain the respect back from their fan base, which is really the most important thing. The most important thing in the organization is winning. Just win, baby. Al Davis, just win, baby. Mark Davis wants to win more than anybody you think you know. And if you don't agree with that, then you take it personal. Mark Davis wants to win. Rich Basaccia came in, won his first two games. The guy's been nothing but a class act, wants to win. Obviously, he's not getting it done, so he's open to criticism. Mike Mayock doing everything he can to work the phones this year to bring players in. He wants to win. They're all guys who have been described as winners at points in their lives, and they want to win, and now they can't. They can't win, but we can look to the next game later in the week. So today is the aftermath And these are the shows that, you know, you got to just, you just got to do them. You just got to grind through them. It's like anybody who has a job. I got a very easy job. I work on radio, man. I don't climb power poles, and I don't sit there and uh, put out oil fires. You know, I don't have a real job. I do radio. I'm very lucky to do it. But my wife and I last night, I did, I started the pregame show at 8 in the morning. And then I started my national show at 8 at night. And I got off the air at 11 at night. And one of my sons are home, and my wife's at home. And my wife was almost in tears because of the tornado and what happened in Kentucky. She's from Illinois. She's almost in tears. And she said, what, what can we do? And I said, let's bring up the Red Cross. Let's make a donation. You know, let's do what we can do here as a family here to help out here. And we were we, – it was very somber. Last night had nothing to do with football. And my wife is my much better half, those who know my wife – And a lot of Raider fans have met my wife. She's my much better half, and she put everything in perspective. You're looking at the TV last night, watching the horror of what was happening there. And, you know, I didn't get much sleep. I got about an hour of sleep last night on just other issues and thinking about a lot of other things. And we come back today on Monday, and you wake up, and it's a new day. And you got to remember what football is compared to real life, right? But my job is to do football and Raider football, and I know that. And I just want to make that commitment. My commitment has never been stronger to try to find a way to get Raider fans the access and the content they need and for you to form your own opinions and try to save the season and turn it around. A season that really was looking good at one point until the bye week. And then what happened at the bye week is nothing short of an absolute collapse. An absolute collapse. And as I've talked about in years past, there's always a reason for a team struggling, a lot of times in the NFL, it's due to injuries. That's the big thing. If you got half your team injured, and the Raiders have had a lot of injuries, but no more than other teams, the whole league is decimated by injuries. I mean, the whole league is decimated by injuries. It's really a big topic. And then you add in the first pandemic in 100 years, COVID, and who's not available. And you look around and go, man, how do you, how do you keep a football team on the track a whole season? Well, that's the job of the owner. That's the job of the head coach. That's the job of the GM. That's the job of everybody else. And everybody that I know, who I mentioned, from the owner to the GM to the head coach, I know personally. And I know their commitment and what they're trying to do here. And it's not working out now. And it's got to turn around quickly. So before I get to the sound bites of the game, um, they're not highlights, believe me, they're sound bites. I just want to make it clear again that on this show, I don't talk about a new head coach because I work for the coach. I interview him every week. I have respect for people I work with. And if you want to call in on a new coach, you can do that. You're not going to get a reaction from me. And you could get a reaction from me if there's a coaching change, if there's a coaching search when that happens. But I'm not asking you to put yourself in my position. Who the hell cares about me? I'm just a guardian of noon to two on Raider Nation Radio. But I have respect for the people I work with. So I'm not, you're not going to hear deep comments about me, about potential candidates, because how could I do that? That's not respectful for my relationship with the coach. Everything else is wide open. Everything else is wide open from the quarterback to the offensive line where an offensive lineman got a 0.0 rating. I didn't know that was possible for Alex Leatherwood. I didn't think that was possible to play at that level. And then you can talk about Josh Jacobs and anybody else that you think, and you can have your analysis on what needs to happen next. Here's what would be a miracle in a good way, a good way. If the team can have a great week of practice, they practice well. Everybody will tell you that who covers the team, not because they get to go and watch practice deeply because of COVID and they're not allowed in the locker room. So they really can't look in the eyes of the players and go, come on, man, I'm about to write a story. Give me a little bit here. Is this team in the can? Are they done? Or you got? You can, we can't get that access from the players. And we're not going to get it on radio when we interview them. But what you could see happen here is the ability to win one game. One game. Because they were not going to beat Kansas City. They were not. And they, and they proved that. They proved that they weren't going to beat Kansas City. If they can find a way like last year to beat Cleveland to get to 7-7, seven and seven, it takes the whole season in the AFC and throws it into a blender because the Raiders beat Cleveland. It'll have an effect on Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, the loser Thursday night of Kansas City and the Chargers. Everybody's got to root for Kansas City in that game because it brings the Chargers back to the pack, and Chargers look really good. And then the Raiders, then we get another week out of this we can talk about the games that they can potentially win at home. And if you don't think they can win a game and you don't think they're going to get off the mat, I cover boxing for a living. This looks like a team uh, a team that has been knocked down twice in the seventh round and they're about to get destroyed. The guy in the other corner is waiting for the refs to bring them together and knock them out violently. They look like they are ready to get knocked out off the canvas, and somebody better come in and throw in the towel, which is not going to happen, nor should it, or the ref's going to stop the fight. That's where they're at right now. I am hoping that there is enough character in that locker room where they get that. And off the record, I've talked to players in that locker room today. Okay, so there's an opportunity for there, for there to be a moment, to be a moment of character. And Al Davis didn't make it up when he said pride and poise. That's legit. It's all over that stadium, pride and boys, wherever you go. Commitment to excellence. And the team is not playing well. They might be playing their worst football for the talent that they have that I've ever seen. But they've got to show the pride this week to prepare and get ready for a football game. They have to. Cleveland's just as injured. Cleveland looks to be the better team. And the Raiders can jump Cleveland with a win in Cleveland. That's all I got because I'm not going to do five days of doom and gloom and the team sucks and they can't win. I've never done that, nor would I want to do that. I love what this team's about, this fan base. I want this fan base to experience victories. So I'm going to do my job to get us there. And that isn't shilling and that isn't doing anything. That's me doing my job trying to get the Raider Nation fired up and not lose hope. And you shouldn't lose hope. You should hope that Derek Carr, who's healthy, can come back And outplay Baker Mayfield like he did the last year. You should hope that Max Crosby, who's been damn close to getting two, three sacks a game, could get three in this one. You should hope that Colt Miller, who's supposed to be a pro bowler, can slow down Miles Garrett. And you should hope that Josh Jacobs looks in the mirror every day this week and says, that loss is on me, that loss is on me, and I'm going to rally the troops. Because we're going to hear about it all. Loose lips, right? Saint ships. You're going to hear about all of this in weeks. So we don't know what's happening inside that building now. We just hope that the team shows pride for the fan base and the history of the organization and has a defining moment because standing logo in Kansas City was such a bad look that the rest of the league and NFL media is just clamoring to talk about that. How dare you do something so bleep in high school at a team that kicked your ass this year in Vegas and slaughtered you and you do that and you don't back it up. I love Yanni Ngakwe. I told you he was coming here before anybody. He made a mistake. It was a mistake. You're warming up. your, Your adrenaline's going. The juices are flowing. You're feeling great about the game. You call everybody over. You don't call them to the logo. You call them to the end zone. And you have that moment in the end zone in front of the Raider fans who are there. You get yourself fired up and you go in the tunnel and you wait for the coach's speech. You do not do that on the logo of Kansas City because the greatest Raiders who have ever played in the history of the Raiders never did that. They've never done that. The greatest players that I mentioned in the opening monologue have never done that. And they were much better than this team. And they had Hall of Famers who would never do that. And I worked with a potential Hall of Famer yesterday who should be in Eric Allen, and he said under no circumstances, at any stage in his career, as a rookie, middle of his career, or a legendary veteran, would he have ever been there at that logo if he was on that team. He would not have. He would have not walked to that huddle. So the guys who did that, it was a mistake. It doesn't define them. It was a mistake. All right, And there are big levels of mistakes, horrific mistakes. That was a football mistake. It was very high school. You don't do that. okay? If you can't beat Bishop Gorman and you're coming in from the other side of town, you don't do that because Bishop Gorman will put up 75 on you in a blink of an eye. You don't do that to Kansas City. And the fact that they didn't back it up really got the media going. And the media is going crazy today on the Raiders. So that's the monologue as we open up the show. We'll hear from you, 702-365-9200. Black Hole Cisco, uh, kind enough to join us. He was at the M yesterday. How are you, Cisco?
2: Oh, man, JT, I wish I could say I was doing well, but after yesterday's game, man, it was just a disaster. As you know, you came over and said, said a few things. We commented on the game, and it was just a disaster, man. But I'm with you. You know, we're still going to be rocking that shield. With our heads up, but uh, man, just the team's got to do something, man. We gotta either you or I gotta get our boy Phil, Phil, Phil Villapiano on the line and give him uh, the the access to talk to these guys in the locker room, whether he's there live or call in something. But this 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 team needs to wake up, wake up, and, and jumping on the shield obviously backfired, uh, man. But we got we got to just turn this thing around. We got to turn this thing around quick.
1: Hey man, I'll tell you.
2: Wave the yellow white flag yet, but uh, we're damn near close to it. Something's got to happen.
1: Well, you're the president of the black hole in Vegas, and you got a big role in this town. You really do. And the fact that you had a table for 15 people yesterday, I wanted to make sure that I thanked you today because you guys showed up. Uh, with your significant others, and you're there, and you're inside the Raiders Tavern and Grill, and you're 100% loyal, and for you to show up and to see our pregame show with Bruce Gradkowski and Eric Allen, that means a lot to me. I mean, that means a lot, the effort that the Black Hole makes and the diehard fans that come out to the end because that's what this fan base is about. This fan base has been through a lot over 20 years, and I want to thank you, the entire crew of the Black Hole, for being there yesterday. It meant a lot, and I didn't want that to go unnoticed today.
2: No, well, no problem, JT. You got our back. We got yours. You know that.
1: All right, my friend. See you next week. We'll we'll be there Saturday. We'll be there Saturday. I want to do something Saturday, if we can, at the M. I want to make that special. It's a Saturday day. Everyone who's in Vegas should try to make it out to the Raiders Tavern and Grill and, you know, really get there and get the energy up there and have a good time. It's the holiday season. Have a good time. You want to have a good holiday spirit and a good time and support the Raiders So if you don't have any plans on Saturday, kind of join us there. Check out the pregame show, and we'll go in there, do or die, for that game against Cleveland, and hopefully something good happens. But uh, we got a lot of time to preview Cleveland throughout the rest of the week. There's going to be a lot of analysis on the rosters, who's healthy, what is happening at this point in time, and we'll get into that. Um, Let's go out to uh, Nick in San Jose. Uh, Nick in San Jose on line number one. Let's get Nick. How are you, Nick? Ahead. Nick, are you,
3: th- and night. you there?
1: Yeah, I am. Go ahead.
3: What I love that you said is the shield, the fan base, deserves respect. And, brother, you know what? If I and this uh, fan base gets respect, Mark Davis or someone like Rich Passaccia at 1 o'clock needs to say, I am sorry. Someone needs to say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the personnel decisions. Edwards, Arden Key, Farrell, Jacobs, um, Henry Runs, while well, we could have got Justin Jefferson and C.D. Lamb. It is the choices we make is where we are right now, brother. And I know you can't talk about Versace and what happens next year, but what have they done that makes us think that we can go into Cleveland and beat them next week? We might lose every game the rest of the year. So what I want to say is I want, I want to bring it. I want to keep listening to you, but we need to make changes, JT. And look, it was not Derek Carr's fault last night. It was not in the game yesterday. All right? But as the leader of this team, he should not have allowed them to do what they did. Snake would have backed it up. Villapiano, Gannon would not have allowed that. Plunkett would not have allowed that. We have a chance to get Russell Wilson or A-Rod, and Carr has value. We need to move on from him. We need to move on, JT. I would love your thoughts. I mean, hope is eternal, but I'm broken, brother. Well, you I are broken.
1: broken. You are broken. I'm not broken. So that's it. I'm hosting the show, and I'm not broken. And you called in, and you had a good phone call and gave your opinions on that. I'm not broken. Okay? I know I know the faults of this team. I know the weakness of this team. I see how poorly the team is playing. And I get everything you said here, and there will be big decisions coming up. We all know that there's going to be big decisions Jason Lockenfor of CBS wrote about today possibly starting a coaching search now ahead of the coaches that are going to be available. Whatever they're going to do, they're going to do without my opinion. And they're going to make these moves that are best for the organization going forward. So everybody, Charles Woodson made a big comment, and I didn't catch this because I was on the pregame show with Eric Allen, but a lot of people texted me when Charles was on the Fox pregame show. And we're talking before. The Kansas City game. So this is before. This wasn't the post-game show where everybody was asking Charles what's going on with the Raiders. Do they have a shot to winning Kansas City? And here's what Hall of Famer Charles Woodson said.
0: And if they go out there and embarrass themselves, everybody's on notice. The GM's on notice. The head coach is on notice. Derek Carr is on notice. Yep. Everybody in that building is going to be on notice if they go out there and embarrass themselves. And if they go out there and embarrass themselves, everybody's on notice.
1: And they went out there and embarrassed themselves. So that's from a Hall of Famer, Charles Woodson, who's very tight with the organization. So we know, what, we know what's happening. Everyone's job's on the line inside the football building from players to coaches. And they got to do a better job. And they got to – this is not a bad football team. Th- this is a team playing badly now because of a lot of circumstances that happened and derailed this part of the season. But there are good football players in that building. Trayvon Mullen's got to play better. Casey Hayward's got to play better. You're still gonna line up Hayward, Mullen, Merrick, and Abram in a football game in Cleveland. I mean, those guys gotta make plays. A couple of them are first round picks, young in their career, not injured. They gotta guard guys. They gotta they gotta work off Gus's scheme. They gotta play well. You know, know, we're not talking about the whole team. We're talking about a group of leaders now that got to get the other guys to stand up and play better and play back to the ability that they played at earlier in the season. The biggest concern, the elephant in the room, is the offensive line. The offensive line got brought out behind the woodshed at Arrowhead and got completely dominated. And they're going up against a really good pass rush in Cleveland. So that's some of the analysis and breakdown that we'll get to throughout the week here on the flagship station. But the rest of the guys who are going to be able to play, from Derek Carr to Josh Jacobs to Hunter Renfro to Brian Edwards to Foster Moreau to hopefully Darren Waller to Deshaun Jackson. I mean, these guys got to show up and play. I mean, we're, we're, not, we're not acting like they all quit and they all left the team and they're on buses and they're heading home to the airport and they got cut. That These are... These are multi-millionaires, multi-millionaires in the building now. The ones who are completely healthy or a little bit banged up match up well against Cleveland, but mentally everybody's saying, oh, they're checked out. They're done. The season's over. They won't play hard anymore. I don't see that. I I, I don't know how they could do that. Now in Kansas City, they just got annihilated because of the opening play and the fumble by Josh Jacobs. This play Just took the team completely out of the game. And Josh is a great kid. And everybody's pulling for Josh Jacobs to play well and do the right thing. But you got to be kidding me that this happens when it comes to securing the football.
4: Moreau flexes over to the left-hand side. And they hand it off. And here Jacobs bounces off to the left. Ball came out. Picked up. Scooped up. It's a pick six. Off the ground. Scoop and score. The Raiders, they go for it. And Mike Hughes dashes into the end zone. And the Chiefs strike on the first offensive play of the game. It could not have started any worse for the Las Vegas Raiders.
1: Game over. Game over. Period. Done. Done beyond done after that. Just destroyed. So that's it. That happened. Opening drive. Maybe you get three. You get a touchdown. Touchdown. The game could get to halftime. Eric and I talked on the pregame show. One big point we made. Make the game manageable by halftime. Be up three, be down three. Just make it manageable because the Chiefs weren't playing well other than the Raider game in Vegas. And let me say one more thing about the rivalry. The team has been built. I've told you, I've taken you behind the scenes. The team and the organization has been built on the football side to try to compete with Kansas City. I really believe they were making strides. Not huge strides, but they were making strides. When John Gruden was the head coach, Mike Mayock, they were getting certain players. A couple of the draft picks didn't work out. We made that clear. But they tried. They tried to get Ruggs to match up with Tariq Hill. Ruggs was playing really well this year. He's gone forever. They got Waller to match up with Kelsey. They have that type of player. That was a great move when they got Waller. It was a complimentary player, just like Kelsey. He's a Hall of Famer. Waller has that ability. And then they've gone out and tried to get a lot of players, wide receivers, and players to help out Carr like Mahomes has. And they brought in a bunch, right? They brought in Edwards. They brought in Renfro. They got guys that are trying to match what Kansas City does by going wide and having an explosive offense. They tried. That has failed now. Because in the two games they played Kansas City this year, they were not competitive. They got embarrassed and beat badly. So whatever theory was behind that, I respect it. It was a well-thought-out theory of how to do it. It did not work. So change the plan and come up with something else that will happen in the off season. Bob. We got time for one more, and we'll keep the calls going all show. Jay in Florida on the flagship Raider Nation Radio. Hello, Jay.
3: Thanks, thanks for having me, Nick. Hey, listen, you know, just to chime on on that, and you know, it is embarrassing. It really hurts. It really hurts being a uh, Raider, just uh, going through, you know, what happened yesterday. And very childish the way they acted, but right now this team has to be blown up. If I need, if I wanted to go ahead and kind of like take four players from the defense mm. and four players from the offense, I mean I would take you know Waller, Renfro. I would keep uh, what is it, Jacobs. Um, you know. Um, I just yeah, you know, I'm so emotional right now. Just kind of like just
1: thinking of names, but you know, there are plenty of players on. There are plenty of players on this team who will be Correct. here, who will be here next year under contract, who are good players that will be hopefully a part of a, a turnaround with whatever changes they're going to make and the new players that we know they're going to bring in. But there's a core group of players here that are really good that the Raiders got to get a lot out of the rest of the season. But we need a rebuild. We yeah, but I'm, re- not doing, rebuild. I'm not doing a rebuild Monday, dude. Thanks for the no. call. I know that. I know that. I'm not doing a rebuild today. That's the only point I'm trying to make. Take it to your favorite podcast. They'll rebuild it with you. And they'll have toys and they'll, they'll have buttons and stuff. And you can go to your favorite podcast and do a Raider rebuild on what's today's date on, on December 13th. The rebuild isn't starting on this show today. The bitterness, the angry calls, all of that can happen today. But there's not going to be a rebuild on Monday. We're not rebuilding the team from scratch and getting rid of players. Anybody knows that, you're a lot smarter than me. We're not moving players the week of the Browns game. We're not bringing in new players. Russell Wilson's not coming next Monday and there's going to be a press conference in Henderson. Please understand that. Please understand that. But keep your calls coming. Keep your opinions coming. Again, but the rebuild, really? The rebuild is not happening on my show until the season's over or changes are made in season, right? And if that happens, that analysis will jump in and you'll get the best of it right here. But come on. I mean, you, you want to talk about who's left and who's staying on December 13th when you can go 7-7 seven and seven against Cleveland and press pause. If they don't win this game coming up with a lot of people, including Raider fans, obviously don't think it's possible, then I think more of the energy will go that way to the end of the year. But, again, a little bit of respect. Understand what we're trying to do here. But, please, your criticism, which is fair and not personal, is more than welcome. If I've proved anything to you over 23 years, it's more than welcomed. It's greatly appreciated. And it's not frustrating to me. I I just always sound frustrated on the radio. I'm a different guy off the radio than on. Sorry, I don't want to bring my radio world into my personal life and my personal life doesn't come into radio. But on a day like today, we're all angry. We're all pissed off. We're all trying to figure out what's going to be next. I understand where you want to go on that. But I got a job to do to analyze the game against Kansas City, which is completely negative. And find a way to do that for a few days and then figure out how the team shows up in Cleveland. Not wins. Not wins. Because I think they can win. I'm just talking about them showing up. And that's about as critical as I can get. They got to show up. They got to get on the plane and show up. And I hope the leaders and the captains in the organization have an unbelievable week. Because that's why they got to see. That's why they got the money, and the captain on their chest, and they all should be lined up to talk about it and explain how this changes.
2: There wasn't a lot of conversation about it, I mean, but I mean, you definitely don't want people coming into your stadium and trying to like disrespect uh, things that that you've kind of built. Um, and so for us, um, just gave us a little bit more, a little bit more motivation to go out there and, and win against a really good football team that we have a rivalry against. That usually is a, a tough, a tough football game. So uh, I think guys were ready to play today, and I think it showed on the field.
1: It's Patrick Mahomes, asked about it after the game about the Raiders being on their logo for their team meeting or whatever you want to call that before the game. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs were aware of that. After the game, they played wheels on the bus as the Raiders left the field to troll the Raiders for the bus ride reportedly around Arrowhead last year. So it's a rivalry. It's spirited. It's a spirited rivalry, and it, it, will, it will flip at some point, and the Raiders want to be back on top of that rivalry. But they have Patrick Mahomes locked up forever, and the Raiders are going to have to go up against him for a long time. And Justin Herbert, who looked incredible yesterday. Incredible. So where do the Raiders go from here? And as we get ready for Cleveland coming up here, as I look at the standings, see it would be great if the Raiders were playing better. If they were playing better and they lost to Kansas City 38-34 to after beating Dallas, being 6-7, and seven, beating Cleveland to go to 7-7, seven and seven, you'd be talking about how the team's playing well. They've been in some games. They started fast. They're reeling now. But there's a little bit of hope. The Raider fans don't see that now because they're playing so poorly. This might be one of the worst offensive lines in Raider history, as several people have said. Several before me of all time. So how do you get that offensive line to pay, play better in cold and potential wet or windy weather in Cleveland? Well, last year, they had a better old line, but they won that game. That game, they made a couple of more plays. That was an ugly game. I'm going to go back and look at that again and look at the stats on that game coming up. And fortunately, this year, look, I think the biggest story in the NFL, in my opinion, is Buffalo. Buffalo is 7-6. and six. Seven and six, one game up on the Raiders. I thought they'd win the Super Bowl, and a lot of people had them in the AFC Championship game, if not the Super Bowl. That's a really big national story, more than the Raiders. You know, the Raiders' story is more about the Gruden resignation, Henry Ruggs. What happened this year? Uh, Cleveland seven and six, Cincinnati seven and six, and Pittsburgh six six and one. As the Raiders sit at six and seven, and the Colts are seven and six rate that's where the Raiders should be, roughly. I had them at nine and sa- nine wins this year. Nine, nine, nine and eight I had them at. So I'm not that far off. But the Raiders, if they could beat Cleveland, would quiet the noise for a very tiny period of time. Because seven and seven in this dumpster fire of a playoff race, where it's two games separated from the two seed to the 12 seed, and the Raiders are in that bunch but descending downward, a win is very necessary right now at all costs. And later on this week, we'll do it more because today's the aftermath. We're very critical of what happened in Kansas City. Why isn't it possible for this team to win a game? I mean, with the players that they have and the players that they're getting back from injury, hopefully, why, isn't it, why, is it, why aren't they capable of winning a game against a team like Cleveland? They're not playing on the road at Tampa. They went on the road and beat Dallas in Dallas. You know, they're not playing on the road again in Kansas City. That's over. This is on the road to Cleveland and Baker Mayfield. If you can't slow down Baker Mayfield at this stage of the game with the Gus Bradley defense, which is relatively healthy, and the team goes into the tank, then it's going to get super ugly. But that's more from, like, Tuesday to Friday. Harry Ruiz, the Latino voice of the Raiders, at the top of the hour. Robert in Portland, Oregon. You're up next. Thanks for calling. What's happening?
5: Yeah, JT. I, I, you know, Ingram really fired up that club uh, mm-hmm. yesterday and you know, the fact that they went on the shield and danced and all that, that's all, you know, you're absolutely right. But I listened to you last night and you said the thing that they can't do is just get rid of car or even let it be, be known to the rest mm-hmm. of the league. They're just going to, you know, move on from car because you're not going to get anything uh, mm-hmm. from him. An, if you're going to move him and number two, this is only the second year in Vegas. Uh, People can't panic. This is the worst time to panic. I mean, you said it to the national audience. The, the the Raiders just now need to make conscious decisions on. They're only in. They're going to go into their third year next year in Vegas. They just they can't just give Carr up or get rid of Carr. Even though he's not as good as Herbert, mm. or of course Mahomes. You have to be stable. Stability is my number one point. The only you reason, uh, and so what you mean- need
1: to. You're making a good point. Let me stop you for a second. Let me stop you for a second. The only reason to move on for Derek Carr is if you get someone better. That's obvious. If you can get a better quarterback than Derek Carr, you have to address it, in which Gruden beforehand and Mayock always said they evaluate every position. So Derek, even though he's had a big contract, is under evaluation now. If the Raiders don't feel they can upgrade the position – Derek Carr is a cornerstone to go forward with because without him and any type of rebuild, you're going completely backwards with an inferior quarterback, and they know that. That's what makes this unique. Derek's very good. If they can get someone elite who's better than him, is that conversation open for debate? Absolutely it is.
5: Well, I agree with that, but the point is let's say you can't next year. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing I want is stability, and I, I want Mark to make some good decisions here. It's a critical point. They were blindsided by the NFL, the NFL's mm-hmm. laughing, the same students that run the league. Uh, you know, they started that whole thing about Redskins. We know that mm-hmm. they want. They can't stand the Raiders. Everything from the lawsuits that Al did that were, uh, you know, pissed them all off. We can go on and on. But the point now is you need to just have calm heads and, you know, just just move on from this period of, mm-hmm. you know, just chaos since Rugs et cetera, and you need to have a very stable uh, decision. And I, I say you got to get somebody that, you, you know, you know the names out there. Mm. I love the fact that Debo was up there talking with
1: Yeah, with, again, again, we're going down that road. I'm not going to go down, my friend. I'm not talking about Debo when I'm interviewing Rich Passaccia on Thursday. I'm the only guy in town who sits down with the head coach, me. I'm the only guy. I'm not going in there taking Debo calls and, and sitting down with the head coach. I mean, Please understand that, and I respect Rich Basaccia, I respect his family and the position he was put in as he's trying to get a win in Cleveland. I just hope you understand that and can respect that line, which is on this show. Other guys who cover this team and have shows here are journalists or insiders, and they have a different job than me. I'm hosting a radio show and work for the team, and I respect the coach's job at this point, and he's not going anywhere heading into the Cleveland game. Seven zero two three six five ninety two hundred. But I appreciate the call, Bobby and Henderson. What's going on, Bobby? Hey, JT, how you doing? Okay, thanks. Hey, that offensive line is terrible. They it cannot is. run block. So I don't understand why
4: first play of the game we're handing the ball to Jacob up the middle, and the poor kid fumbles the ball because he had to bounce it outside to try to <clears throat> make something out of nothing. Mm-hmm. So it, it irritates me. I know they're going to run it. You know they're going to run it. The defense that we're playing knows they're going to run it. Why take the ball out of Derek Carr's hands, who's a good quarterback? I know people are talking about getting rid of him, whatever. He's a good quarterback. He's borderline great when he can sit in the pocket and, and pass.
1: Because I think in that game, I think they came into that game knowing that they wanted – Eric Allen said it. This was more of a game that you have to go back to smash mouth, running it, keeping Mahomes on the sideline, scoring when you can, taking shots when you can – now, I didn't mind yesterday a handoff to the outside, but it wasn't initially that. He got pushed to the outside because yeah, nothing out. was open, and he didn't secure the football. And the fact that it went on the ground and no just was a scoop it. and score was devastating. I mean, I looked up. I looked up. I had my first cerveza in my hand after the pregame show. <laughs> I looked up. I said, what happened? I didn't see it in real time. I just saw him get bounced to the outside, and I looked up again, and they're in the end zone celebrating. I was in shock.
4: I was in shock and I was, I was angry because it was, a, it was the, the same play call we're always doing that does not work. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't hurt ourselves. Don't take from something more efficient, Derek Carr throwing the ball, to something less efficient, trying to run it with an offensive line that cannot run block. It, it, wow. I'm, I'm angry about it because I love the Raiders. You know I want them to win, and I do. I hope they run off the next three. My confidence is low, but my hope is high. I want them to win. Yeah, I, so. thought they,
1: I thought they would have run off, and I really appreciate the call. Thanks for calling in on a day like today. You know, when the schedule came out and we started circling games and wins and losses, this was a time right here where I thought the Raiders would have a little push to the playoffs. You know, they got off the 3-0. I didn't expect that. 5-2 and was great. You know, I thought this team would probably be somewhere around somewhere around 7-5 and at one point, and then I looked at these games that were coming, never expecting them to win in Kansas City, never. Hoping, hoping and running a radio show in anticipation of maybe it could happen. With the games here on the back end, you know, I always thought the Raiders would have a puncher's chance in Cleveland and the Chargers here in Vegas. Chargers beat them in overtime. Remember, that was Mariota first and goal at the four. Maybe the most frustrating game I've ever been a part of in Vegas. First and goal at the four with Mariota with the Chargers, and they didn't win that game. So if you look at all of this, I thought this was the portion of the schedule with the Raiders would have to win and win a couple of games and make it interesting. With two games to go, be a game out of the playoffs, and now with a bunch of games left, they're a game or two out of the playoffs if they beat Cleveland. If they don't beat Cleveland, goodbye. Because they can't jump Cleveland, Cincinnati, the Chargers, and the rest of those divisions, Indianapolis, no chance. But a win against Cleveland? Win against Cleveland would be fun to talk about, but a lot of fans don't see it happening. So we got to convince you that it can.
0: We're all professional coaches and players, and I think we're all being evaluated by our performance on the field and our actions off the field. So number one job of a pro players is to protect this job. And so we'll see what practice looks like this week. We'll take a look at what our personnel is for us. We'll uh, dig deep into what we did as coaches and have a chance to respond uh, come tomorrow and move on to Cleveland.
1: We are brought to you by Remy Martin. Thanks to Remy Martin yesterday for all their support at the M Resort Spa and Casino. Place was packed. Brought to you by Remy Martin. And team up for excellence. Bobby, you could have played a little bit more Journey there. I went to Journey on Friday night. It was incredible. I'm going to do something tomorrow. We'll have more time to thank Boz and the team over at Virgin Hotels. That was a great show. Then my wife took me to Carrie Underwood. (laughs) The cover I give on that. What a show she put on. Oh, my God. I mean, if if you're a wife or a country music fan or a guy who loves Carrie Underwood, highly recommend that show. That was pretty mind-blowing, and then all day at the M yesterday. It was a long weekend, a good weekend. Raider fans, brutal loss, brutal loss. This is the aftermath. We break down the loss here on the flagship station. Reggie in North Las Vegas, thanks for waiting. You're up next.
0: Right on, JT. Thanks for having me on, man. I apologize. I didn't get down there this Sunday. You know I try to come out and see you guys, Mm -hmm. but again, they gave me two Sundays off where I got to go to those first two games, and I missed this one. Anyway, you know, there was a shot during the pregame at an angle where you could see the Raiders walking out on the field. You couldn't tell what they were doing, but later we found out what it was. But I did see one staffer look like he was running up to try to say don't do it or something. You couldn't tell because there was so many other players there. Mm -hmm. But my question is, where was the other leadership, man? You got to go stop that. You can't let that happen. That was so distasteful. Yeah. And then it's one of my guys looked like he was leading them out there, Yannick. And it's like, what are you thinking? You think you're still in Baltimore or something? You, you, you got that squad with you? Because right now we have no right to be going and doing that. I agree. And but- the, the other thing is we're – We're so predictable, Las Vegas predictors, you know what I'm saying? We walk up there, first play is a run play. You could hear the disgust in Brent's voice, he said, and they run. He could tell that here we go again. But that fumble just, like you said, deflated everything. And it looked like no one had control of what was coming next. Like, what play we're going to run? how we're going to run our offense, which I hear you say all the time. They don't take what they want. They see what the defense is doing and let the defense predict what we're going to do on offense. And,
1: Reggie, you're right about that. I appreciate the call. A couple of things on that. I'm a big fan of Yannick Ngakwe. He's a big part of the Raiders winning football games and hopefully winning games in the future. He made a big mistake. I'm surprised it happened that way. I'm not giving him a pass because he's getting hammered for it, but I didn't play in the NFL. And when a player is warming up and he thinks he has an idea and he brings everybody there, you're right. That should have been talked about ahead of time. It shouldn't have happened. So Yannick's going to have to talk about that. He's going to have to go on record. And I'm sure Rich Pisaccio's press conference is coming up here in a bit. We'll carry it about on a 20-minute delay because we have some guests lined up. But that was a bad decision. And what concerns me about the Raider offense, the offensive line is struggling. There's no debate on that. But Derek's not getting the ball out and just throwing it to spots and giving players the opportunity to make a lot of plays because I think he knows he's going to get hammered really easily and quickly. I mean, the longer he stays in the pocket, he's going to get tattooed because this offensive line cannot play. So Derek's got some cover here from the national media, which he got today. I watched, uh, listened to a couple of people watch one who said, look, you can't put this on Carr with that offensive line. They're correct, but what Derek could do is, I guess, move the pocket, try to get away from that pressure and extend plays. He knows that. He sees what he sees in front of him, and it's a tough time to be Derek Carr because I can't imagine him ever being more frustrated than he is right now with this team. Harry Ruiz next.